0: CSPN Media Podcast presentation.
1: You are now listening to Dainty Thug Podcast. Please be advised, Dainty Thug Podcast contains explicit and strong language. Become a Patreon supporter. Patreon.com slash M-S-A-B Fabulize Mag F-A-B-U-L-I-Z-E-M-A-G. Your support allows Dainty Thug Podcast to have access to celebrities, get to events, host meetups, and produce quality content. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. is still in Black History Month and I'm so excited about this episode I love talking about the journey of natural hair because for a lot of people it's bittersweet you know they go from starting off with you know chemically pressed or processed hair then they have like this epiphany then they do like a big chop and then like they come into this realization that you know natural hair is is what they really want and for me natural hair is very much political it is your identity it intimidates people and I think we need to embrace all stages of the natural hair all textures of natural hair and not just natural hair we think looks good or natural hair that's more acceptable i've talked about it numerous times about You know, I talk about colorism, but something that we really need to talk about is texturism and how once upon a time, the natural hair movement used to be centering women and folks who was transitioning to natural and part of the reason why they did not have a natural is because they did not have this the acceptable texture you know so when you see natural hair folks with like loose curls and big bouncy froze know that that was not the focus of the natural hair movement Like, seriously, if you have hair texture like, you know, Lisa Bonet, ain't nobody hating on your natural hair. You know, seriously, it's... People who have natural hair that is tighter, that is kinkier, that is thicker and coarser, that you know you can't take a toothbrush and you know throw some gel on it and always you know slick back some baby hairs. That doesn't always work, and that needs to be celebrated. It needs to be celebrated, it needs to be acknowledged, it needs to be praised. So, um, I got an email from a very, very, very special young lady. Um, her name is St. Claire and she sent me an email and she told me in this email that she has a um, photography book coming out this spring and it centers 100 fearless black women with natural hair right that's in her own words and is dedicated to her little sister who happens to be self-conscious about her own afro and i felt that i really felt that i felt that because I went natural at a time where there wasn't a lot of support for going natural. Like having like the little Janet Jackson braids were cool. But you know the whole it wasn't a lot of natural hair products. Like the only natural hair products that was available to me was that big old Vaseline jar of like Indian hemp. (laughs) That had like the little essential oils in it, the African pride jar, the blue bergamot and some TCB. That's all I really had, you know. And now we're in a time where like black women have changed the hair care industry so much that most every product even products that doesn't that don't even censor black women or even have have even considered black women got a little shea butter in it got some coconut oil in it you know they even change up their packaging and want to put a little black and gold and, and green on it to let you know that it's natural and is is for your natural hair like is black women impact on on consumerism is so so could it should be studied because black women have changed the hair industry so much and people don't really talk about it you know it used to be you know you were able to like if you went into certain salons, they'll be like, oh, I don't do natural hair. I don't do that. Now, everybody in their mama want to do natural hair. You know, they can braid it, twist it, give you some crochet braids, give you a sew-in, you know, micros, rolls, whatever you want, you know, you can get it. And I don't even know what the perm industry is doing. I mean, I'm pretty sure some women still get perms, but I've seen perm packaging that are you know gentle relaxer or no lie relaxer or you know relaxer with shea butter in it like they try to still you know tempt you to let you know that oh this is a perm but it's not as bad um however so Sinclair told me that her sister, her little sister, is really self-conscious about her afro. And this book that she is putting out, you know, she's interviewed over 100 women. She's taken pictures of them. And her six-year-old sister, Chloe, she wants Chloe to really love her afro. So, the name of her upcoming book is Dear Chloe, Love Letters to My Little Sister. Just has photos of these really beautiful black women with their natural hair and, like, personal narratives on how they've been able to navigate, you know, their love for their natural hair. Um, It's not always easy, and St. Clair also notes that, you know, she is from the Dominican Republic. And she notes that, you know, it's it's anti blackness in the Dominican Republic is very, very rampant, which also contributes to um a lot of colorism and a lot of a lot of you know internalized anti blackness. And, you know, she just wants to be the best sister she can be for her her little sister and i really think that is great so her book is gonna come out in march so what we're gonna do um i want you guys to check out this interview that i did with her and i'm gonna bring her back on the show to talk about her book again when it gets closer to the release date so um check out this interview St. Clair is the photographer and this is her book, Dear Chloe, Love Letters to My Little Sister. Um, I hope you check it out. I'm going to put it up on Fabulize Mag for Black History Month. I hope you all enjoy it and, you know, be looking out for her book that's coming up and she'll be back on the show. So don't worry. We'll be able to talk to her again closer to her debut date. All right. Check it out.
0: Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Dainty Thug, and today we're going to be talking about natural hair, and we have a special guest, everybody, welcome St. Clair. Hey, St. Clair.
2: Hey, everyone.
0: Welcome to Dainty Thug, so we are going to talk about the trailer for your book and your upcoming. I mean, um, photography book that you have that's going to be coming out that is featuring all this beautiful natural hair. So, um, here's your chance to talk about Dear Chloe, Love Letters to My Little Sister. So, just tell us about your journey of making this book and all this awesome photography of natural hair.
2: Thank you. Yeah. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really happy to be here. No problem. So a little bit, yeah, so about my book, I've been working on it for about a year and a half now, I want to say. So I have three little siblings, and one of my little siblings is very self-conscious about her afro. And out of all of the siblings, she sort of has, like, the tightest, um, like, the tightest curl pattern. And she's really self-conscious about her hair, and so – She's six now, but a couple years ago when she was like three or four, she um, she got really upset because she goes to a majority white elementary school and the other kids were teasing her about her hair and her skin color. Um, and on top of that, you know, all the media, all she's seeing everywhere is white girls, white girls, white girls um, with straight hair. And so she didn't really see herself represented. And so she started really hating her afro. She didn't want to go to school because she was self-conscious about her hair. And I decided that I wanted to do something um, to help her, you know, because I also went through that process of not liking my hair and having to learn to love it. And so I, I don't want my sister to have to go through that also. You know, I want her to learn from a young age that her hair is beautiful. So um, I went around and I photographed 100 black women with natural hair, and I interviewed them about, anything related to natural hair. So some of them talked about their natural hair journey, um, transitioning to natural, their um, relationships in terms of like with their hair and their mother, you know, some, some of the women in my book had mothers who were really adamant about you need to love your natural hair. And then some of the women had mothers who were very adamant about them straightening their hair all the time, you know, so those, those kinds of different perspectives, different stories, and, um, yeah, and I'm really excited about it. It's going to come out in the spring, spring 2020.
0: That is really, 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 really awesome. Um, We've all have, a lot of us have, you know, journeys with, like, natural hair and how we navigate, so, how does it make you feel seeing that your sister is self-conscious about her hair?
2: Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, especially as an older sister, because I'm 24 and my sister is six, so I'm so much older than her. So it's almost like being, like, almost like another parent in a way. Um, like, I feel really protective over her. And it makes me really sad. You know, like, anybody who you love, you never want them to go through difficult times, Um And, again, especially because I, like, as a black woman, I also went through, you know, not liking my hair for years and years and years. And to think about that pain and to think that my sister, like, the thought of my sister going through that same process, it's just, like, it's hard. And I'm, like, no, I I don't want that to happen. I can't let that happen to her, you know, because it's it's traumatizing. I can can imagine.
0: So, as a big sister, what... Do you do to help her cope besides taking beautiful photos of her?
2: Yeah. So, um, so I, so like a little bit of background. Um, so she's my half sister, and they live in she, my dad, and myself. And they live in France, and I live uh, obviously here in the U.S. But, um, so yeah, I don't see her too often. But before, for example, like whenever I do see her, like whenever I go to France or whenever they come here to visit me, I always make it a point to tell her how beautiful her natural hair is. I always make sure to compliment her. Um, I tell all my friends, I tell my mom, I'm like, yeah, you know, talk to her about her hair, like compliment her on her hair, you know, because I want her to hear it from, from multiple people. And, um, but yeah, I think it's hard because There's just so much, you know, like I can try to reinforce it with her. And my stepmom also does a great job, I think, of, you know, telling her your natural hair is beautiful, your natural hair is beautiful. Um, But it's hard when you're also at the same time getting so much information from media, from classmates, um, pretty much everywhere, advertises everything that's telling you, you know, straight hair is better. And I um, I think one of the biggest things that I can that I can do is give her an example of what it looks like to love yourself, you know? So I think that when little girls see women who love themselves, it makes them realize, "Oh, I can love myself too," you know? Because I think as women, sometimes we're so accustomed to always saying, "Oh, this is wrong with me. This is wrong with me. This is wrong with me." So when little girls see that, they think, "Oh, I must find things wrong with me," you know? And so I want to show her no. Like you Like, you can and you should love yourself like all of you. How did
0: you go about picking
2: these 100 women? So, you said how did I pick them or how did I take their photos?
0: How did you, well, we don't start, how did you select them to model in your book?
2: Yeah, um, so I started with, let's see, I started with people who I knew Um, People who are most likely to say yes. Um, So my friends, um, friends from college, high school. um, My mom is a a university teacher here in D.C. And so I, you know, she teaches at an HBCU. And a lot of her students have natural hair. So she would, you know, tell her students, oh, my daughter is working on this book. You have to be in it. And so she would introduce me to some people that way. And then I also reached out to people through Instagram, like I would use the natural hair hashtag and just find people with really cool natural hair and just reach out to them as a stranger. Okay, that's, that's, that's actually a very, that sounds like a very,
0: um, positive and a very, you know, foolproof plan to find the type of um, models you want for your book that's actually Mm -hmm. really ingenious actually. So thank you. How do you, how do you plan to present this to Chloe? Like once, once it's out, um, are you going to like send it to her as a gift? Are you going to surprise her with it or just, you know, how do you plan on presenting it to her?
2: Yeah. So I definitely want to, I want to do it as soon as it's done. So probably in the, Let's see. Or probably I want to get an advanced copy for her, um, go to France, like personally give it to her. Um, and I'm getting it uh, translated into French. Also I have a French translator. And so just because, you know, because my sister lives in France, so she'll be able to understand that a bit more than the English version. And, yeah, I, I want I want to read her some of the book. I want my stepmom to read her the book. Um, yeah, just so that she She sees herself represented And she hears words of wisdom From people who look like her, you know I <clears throat> had the opportunity to look at your Instagram And I love how you
0: incorporated Not just afros But you incorporated like different textures And blends and different styles and different shades of women, too. I think that's really important when it comes to, like, natural hair because, you know, we sometimes only see um, uh, a very abbreviated version of what natural hair beauty is, you know. I think it's really Mm -hmm. important to see a variety of different um, natural hair textures, and I'm glad that she pointed that out. And it's unfortunate that, you know, younger black girls growing up, you know, we're still fighting for them to see represent positive representations of themselves mm-hmm. so they can feel more confident because, you know, it it shouldn't be, you know, that hard for black girls to see different versions of themselves, not just in media, but in just in everyday life. They shouldn't have to ill, so insecure about their hair, you know, and yeah. the way they, their hair, their skin tone, you know, that shouldn't be a hindrance to them in their mind. And it's so unfortunate that self-esteem issues are, you know, affected and are so, um, you know, prevalent into young girls as young as six. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really excited about your book. I saw your YouTube, um, film feature and Mm -hmm. great models. Like they're so pretty. Um, Thank you. (laughs) I know it must've been fun. Now, um, I know you do, um, just like photography and filmmaking. So what's it, what's your goal for the future? Like, what do you plan on
2: doing in the next two, three years? Yeah, so I, um, well, right now, I guess I'm sort of like a single track mind person. Uh, So right now, I've just sort of been working on this book, this book, this book. But I think, um, you know, I'm really, I really love social justice. And I think that it's sometimes hard. And I mean, I think everybody feels this way at times where it's just so draining, especially with so many like terrible things happening out there, and so I have done a couple projects that were focused on, um, you know, like immigration laws, things like that. Um, things that are really, really hard because the stories are really sad, and um, yeah. So it's so it's it's just it's hard. It's it, it's really important, um, and it's but it's also really draining. And it took a it took like a pretty big toll on my mental health. And so my therapist was telling me, you know you should you should find a way to do something that's social justice-related but that doesn't hurt your mental health, you know, um, that, that just makes you feel joy. And so I feel like that's what I'm doing with Dear Chloe because I feel like I am doing something positive, social justice-related, um, you know, in support of black women. And it's also a project that allows me to feel a lot of joy. And I think my next project, I want to do a documentary about love. And that's a very, like, the idea is very fresh in my head, so I don't have it too planned out yet. um but yeah i wanna I wanna do a documentary about love from a social justice perspective and looking at love as a form of activism, you know, if that makes sense love is a form of
0: activism that sounds really. I, I can't even come up with a word right now. It sounds amazing. Let's let's talk about love as a form of activism.
2: Um, what are your thoughts in mind for this? Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm thinking like different. So different kinds of love. So first, you know, I think self love is a form of activism. It's I mm-hmm. think it is a revolutionary act, especially as women, especially as Black women. um, you know, other marginalized groups as well, when you're so, you know, people try to demonize you um, and dehumanize you all the time to, to sort of reject that and to say, no, I, I love myself. You know, you tell me that my hair is ugly or that my skin color is ugly or that, you know, whatever, whatever the case is, you know. Um, but yet I, I love, I love myself and I love all the stuff, even though I'm told not to. And so I think that sort of rejecting like, patriarchy and white supremacy um, is really, yeah, I think that that takes away part of the psychological hold that, that um, you know, white male-centered patriarchy uh, has over us. And mm-hmm. then I think also in terms of community love. Um, okay. Like what does it mean to – love each other so much, you know, I think that people talk about kindness, and they see kindness as just, oh, being nice to each other, saying please and thank you. Um, But when I think about what does it mean to really deeply love your community, you know, for example, I'm from D.C., and there's a lot of gentrification. um, So a lot of black and brown people are being kicked out of the city. There's um, a really large immigrant population here. And so for me, when I think of community love. I think of fighting for immigrant rights. You know, I think of loving immigrants, loving my community so much that I'm willing to fight for them, you know? Um, you know, so going to protest, um, bringing awareness, um, you know, going to political events, things like that, I think is, I think is important. So, yeah, I guess that's what I mean by love as a form of activism. That
0: is really profound. And
2: I'm not even, like, joking. Like,
0: it really is because I think um, the ability to love, not just yourself, but others, is a resistance because it takes a lot to love someone not just be in love, but love for someone, you know, love for as a person, mm-hmm. as a human, as a culture, um, that is very profound. And I am, I am honored that you have brought this concept, not just to me, but to Dainty Thug and to, the, to our audience, because that I think that is something very progressive, that I think a lot of people should adapt moving forward, that, you know, um, love can be an act of resistance and an act of social justice. I really think Mm -hmm. that is amazing. And how, I know you're circling back to you saying that, you know, your therapist told you that you must engage in self-care. How do you... Or what tips would you give to other people listening right now who have, who are dealing with learning to love themselves or helping others love themselves? How would you suggest that they
2: partake in self-care? That's a good question. Um, And I'm still also working on that myself. And there are some things that I know that I need to be doing um, that I do want to, that I do want to start. So I'm, I guess I'm also giving this advice to myself now. Um, but like things like meditating, um, going to yoga, I think, um, so much like we often tie ourselves up in our work. I mean, with the society we live in, oftentimes we think that our worth is determined by our productivity or the amount of money we're making. So I think allowing ourselves to sort of disconnect from that for a bit and to remind ourselves that we are human beings and our purpose here isn't, isn't just to work nonstop. Right. Um, like our purpose is, I mean, I guess that's a big, that's a big question, but I do think definitely part of it is to be joyful and to be happy. And so I think allowing yourself that time to sort of take a break, um, and that includes, like, also, I think from the news, I think it's important to be cautious because there's so much, there's so much going on, especially, I was going to say, especially with this administration, but there's always been, you know, so much going on in this country. Right. Okay. Um, and so I think, for me, at least, like, having certain times where I'm like, okay, this is when I'm going to get informed, you know, this is when I'm going to read about the news, Um but I make sure that I don't just get sucked into a rabbit hole where I end up reading and reading and reading and reading, um, all day. And then I just feel so stuck that I can't do anything. You know, I want to be informed, but I also want to make sure that I still allow myself to be joyful also, you know, so sort of striking, trying to find a balance there. And then in terms of, um, and then with this, the other part was helping, was was um helping other people to love themselves? Is that what you asked? Yes. Um yeah, so I mean again I think leading by example, so loving yourself if you love yourself, that will help other people to love themselves as well. And I know that I I feel that way a lot. Like I feel like whenever I'm with someone who truly loves themselves and is truly really happy with who they are I feel I feel happier like that's that's almost contagious you know like the confidence the self-love is contagious and it's like wow life really is this beautiful phenomenon and you know it's like we can we can all be happy we can all love ourselves you know it's not a bad thing to love yourself um and yeah like affirmations um reminding your friends that you love them, that you're there for them, doing little nice gestures for them. Um, You know, some things that people don't really, I don't know, that we wouldn't think is such a big deal, but I think when someone does an act of kindness, it really, um, I don't know, for me at least it really makes my day. Like, for example, if I'm driving, and I need to get into a certain lane or something, and someone lets me go, I'm like, wow, like, that was so nice, and that totally brightens my mood, you know, even if it's something really little like that. So just being considerate, even, you know, not necessarily only with people you know, but with people you don't know, just doing those little kind acts, those little acts of love can be, I don't know, I think can be a really great thing. I
0: Absolutely. Agree with you. Now, I want to ask you, Mm -hmm. what do you like to do when you aren't changing the world for the better? What books are you reading? Who are some of your heroes? What music are you listening to? What music helps you to focus? What are some of the things you like to do and enjoy?
2: Hmm. Um. That's a good question. So I think that, let's see, <laughs> um, I do have an issue where sometimes I feel like I'm, I just work so much because I also do have that mentality of like my work, my, my like worthiness as a human being is tied into my productivity. So I feel like I always have to be working, working, working. Um, okay. But I try to, um, some things that I do, I like to go for walks. Um, I like to go for walks at night. I find that that's really relaxing. Um, and I like, you know, sometimes I'll go with my mom and my boyfriend and, and that's relaxing. Um, and it's a nice time to just sort of like decompress. I like to cook also. I think cooking is fun. Um, and it's also, again, like another communal thing. Um, let's see what else I, um, I'm trying to think sometimes I. I don't know. I'll watch, like, Netflix and things like that for fun. I like documentaries. I really love watching documentaries because they always inspire me. So, I like, yeah, sometimes when I'm falling asleep, I'll, like, turn on a documentary. Okay. Yeah. That um. So- and also – oh, sorry. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, – I just thought – I remember you also asked about books. So we're reading – a couple friends of mine and I are reading bell hooks Book all about love right now and that's also partly what's been inspiring to me to make this documentary about love because her, her definition of love is is so different than what we than like sort of like the I don't know sort frivolous of definition that we usually think of when we think about love. Okay. This is so amazing. I love to have
0: conversations with younger women that are younger than myself that are so inspiring. It makes me feel like you all are a lot more courageous than I was when I was 24. I mean, I'm not that far from 24, (laughs) but roughly a decade, but it's like I wish I had the same motivations and the same focus at 24 like you do. And I am so moved and inspired by you. So I know your book is coming out next year. And once your book is closer to the be safe for the public, I would love for you to come back mm-hmm. with Thug, and we can have another conversation. Um, I hope you have, like, a launch party. Or if you don't have a launch party, you absolutely should have a launch party. And I definitely you, yeah, want to. Okay, well, you can definitely hit me up and we can, like, work on something if you need, <laughs> like, some help or whatever, or a boost or oh, something. Thank you. I definitely think that should happen. Absolutely. And you should have, like, a whole Black Girl Magic launch party and have it to be as pretty and as innocent and as fun as possible. So. <laughs> Thank you for coming on, so I appreciate it. We will be looking out for your book. We will be having a conversation in the near future. So tell everybody, drop your website, tell tell everybody Mm -hmm. where to find you on social media, and again, drop your um, book date.
2: Yeah. um, So my, uh, so you can go to my website and subscribe to the newsletter to find out updates about Dear Chloe. Um, And the website is www.dearchloe so d e a r and then chloe k h l o e dot com so dearchloe.com. dot com the instagram page is at dear underscore chloe again k h l o e and then the twitter is dearchloe all one word d e a r chloe k h l o e
0: okay cool because I'm about
2: On Twitter right now from
0: So thank you for coming on again I look forward to speaking To you again in the near future Um, Everybody Be checking for her book Follow her on social media And you know we might be going to a party together In D.C. when the book comes out Yeah (laughs) Okay cool thank you so much Thank you for coming on to the show Have a good night
2: yeah, thank you. And I just want to say also that you're really inspiring. Also, you know. Oh, don't make me cry. It's too late. And I really appreciate your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Have a thank good you night for night. having me. Bye right, you too. All
0: right, bye. Bye.